0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: I wake up one morning and I can't log into my company email. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, I can't log in. What's going on? He's like, we're closed. I'm like, what do you mean for today? day? And he's like, no, what? dude, turn on CNN. Like, we're out of business.
0: I'm like, wow. what? You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, your host, Gathering the Kings. I've got Matt Garabedian on the King stage today. My brother, how are you?
1: Good, Chaz. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be able to speak to your audience. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better, too. And what better way than a colorful mic, bro? I'm watching your mic change colors. on the other side over there going, dude, this guy's awesome.
1: <laughs> I got to distract the viewers from my balding head. So, you know. <laughs> hey,
0: we're all about being authentic here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Matt, I appreciate the time. And I want you to tell us what kind of business that you're in and we'll get world. Yeah. You know, I consider my,
1: myself an entrepreneur, truly. I've got multiple businesses, multiple companies that I run and operate. But, you Good. know, if you wanted to consider me or, you know, put me in one category, I'd, I would say, you know, real estate investing was where I started. I've been in real estate in some capacity since 2006 okay i got my broker's license in 2009 and then started considering myself like a full-time investor 2012
0: okay and that's great i've been doing
1: that's that great. since and then over the last several years i've gotten into different um, specific niches you know i do marketing i do I have an email right. media company I'm pretty heavily into cryptocurrency. I've got coaching, I'm investments, so that's pretty much what I've done and now I guess you could consider me kind of a lifestyle type investor.
0: Sure. Yeah, I love all of that. I think that we'll try to break several of those things down here. You're in so many different industries, but it all stemmed from the one. I think that several serial entrepreneurs, even myself, um even though that my multiple other businesses don't necessarily relate to the first one's how I got started it was clearly a stepping stone for me in those. And I think you could probably relate most uh, serial (laughs) entrepreneurs do. So we're going to dive into all that real estate, crypto. I love this conversation. But before we get started into the detail of it, why are you still doing this? You're obviously successful. You've got probably plenty. Why why are you still at it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think guys like us, there's no such thing as retirement because what would we do? You know, play golf every day. I could play like one or two days and I'm bored. I have plenty of time. To spend with my kids which is awesome so i could i'm be, i'm around i don't have an office in my office you know so i work out of my house i get to see my kids every day and you know can go hang out with them whenever i want so that's a blessing and that's cool but i still have a lot to accomplish i feel like i'm just getting started right yeah. so you know money's just a tool you know there's a lot of Ways that I felt like I still want to help people. I like being able to help people. I like to provide for my family. I like to, you know, set a great example. So, you know, I I don't think there's going to be a time where I'm quote retired. What? So I guess that's the answer, right? It's just, you know, what's the next thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Do you, you kind of mentioned in there helping people. And of course, you know, you're a father, you said you you have lots of time to spend with your kids. And then specifically you have this, you know, some mentorship or coaching around crypto. Like does mentorship kind of fall into several of those categories? You kind of just mentioned you've been helping people to me Mm -hmm. that a lot of times that that comes out as mentorship. Is that the same for you?
1: Yeah. I have a coaching group. I have different coaching groups, different levels. Right. So I have the crypto group, which educates people on The fastest appreciating asset in human history and how people can understand how to first understand what cryptocurrency is and then learn how to invest in it protect it all that good stuff and then i have a higher level group where i'm talking with entrepreneurs that are either just starting out trying to grow their business their income grow a lifestyle grow a business that serves them and not the other way around so i've got those two formats where i do help people but I also have a philanthropic heart. I'm thinking about actually going on a mission trip here. I was talking to a friend this morning about some mission trip that he's planning in Mexico. So that's something that I kind of want to do. I my, my yeah. wife actually told me I, I need to go do that. So that get out cool. that. <laughs> yeah, I think she's ready for me to get out for a little bit. So yeah, so I'm a you know, I'm a that's believer, awesome. right? Like I believe that you know God has blessed me with certain things and now it's time to return that and continue yeah. to provide for people that need it.
0: Yeah. I love the perspective, man. Well, let's talk about, you know, since you said you got started in real estate, we can talk about that. We can talk about some of the other businesses that you've grown, but I want to take Mm -hmm. us back to the mindset specifically when you were six figures, either when you first got started or when you were six figures in specifically one of your businesses. And I want to know, like, how did you get started in that business? Or why did you start that business? Or what was the kind of like the beginning of that specific business? And we'll use that as an example here.
1: Okay. So I don't know how what the average age of your listeners or viewers are, but when I first started in business, I got started right around the big financial collapse of 2008, right? So like Bear Stearns goes out of business, Lehman Brothers, the sky's falling, you know, huge impact in the real estate market. And at the time, you know, I was doing subprime wholesale, which means I was Visiting mortgage brokers that were lending to people to have a mortgage on their house. Well, my company specialized in like the worst of the worst borrower. So basically, if like you had a pulse, like you could get 100% financing. And they called right. it back then 100% stated loans. So basically, you could lie on your mortgage application and no one would verify it. And you could right. get 100% financing on the house, like no money down. So that was part of the reason why that whole thing collapsed because it was just very poor lending practice and people borrowing money that they could never afford to pay back. So I was learning the finance side of the real estate business, learning how to look at a 1003, learn how to, which is a mortgage application, learn how to read a credit report, understand what like debt to income ratio is understand borrowers' ability to pay, how mortgages work, what's amortization, all that stuff, right? In the financial talk of real estate. Yeah. Well, I wake up, I'm starting to, you know, become what I thought would be successful. I was starting to make some money. I made six figures. But at that age, you just think, man, this is never going to end. I'm going to become rich. And right. so I, you know, of course I bought a house. I, you know, traveled to, I was single at the time. I traveled, took the European vacation, bought all new furniture. And then, you know, in 2008, you know, I wake up one morning and I can't log into my company email. So I called my manager. I'm like, Hey, what's up? You know, I can't log in. What's going on? He's like, we're closed. I'm like, what do you mean for like the day? And he's like, no, dude, turn on CNN. Like we're out of business. I'm like, "What?" So, you know, being young and dumb, I didn't pay attention to what the economy was doing or what was happening. You know, I was just focused on making money, yeah. but I figured that out pretty quick that like, man, I have a problem. I didn't save money. I have somewhat of this lifestyle going on. So I went from like making, I don't know, 15 to 20 grand a month to like zero, like really fast. Yeah. And so I burned through my reserves and pretty soon I can't pay my bills. I can't pay my mortgage. At the same time, you know, I meet what happens to be my future wife. So we get, we're engaged. I'm like, look, you know, I'm struggling. I don't know like how I'm going to provide for you, but she was cool. She was like, no, like we'll work it out together. Wow. And so, you know, I end up losing my house through foreclosure. I end up getting my car impounded. You know, I had uh, like, my credit went to absolutely like, you know, horrible. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck do I do? And at that time, my grandfather was still alive and he was always like, you should get your real estate broker's license because I remember he always said it's a license to make money, right? I was like, oh, that that makes sense. So with really no further options out there, I still liked the idea of being in real estate, but now instead of the finance side, I'm like, well, how do I sell property? So I ended up getting my broker's license directly at the time you could get your broker's license in California with just a bachelor's degree. So I didn't have to have like two years of being an agent or anything like that, I go straight to the brokerage. So that's what I did. I got my broker's license and then, you know, tried to like figure out, okay, now that I got my broker's license, what do I do now? So I've worked in different niches inside of real estate. I I started like at the residential side where I'd show people houses, I figured out, I don't really like that, it's not, doesn't serve me and I don't particularly, you know, find it fun. So then I then did some commercial, which was kind of interesting. And then I settled into like multifamily and I enjoyed multifamily because it was more of a investor mindset and conversation. You know, when you're selling residential properties, it's like the husband and wife have to agree and the wife has to like the kitchen and the bathroom. And the husband's like, dude, the garage is not big enough for my cars. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. But like with an investor, he was like, well, what's the net operating income? What's the cap rate? What's the bottom line? So that conversation was easier and it made sense to me. And I dealt yeah. with like other entrepreneurs or people that had money, right? So then I started selling a lot of apartments. And you know, I got really good at being able to understand the numbers, explain that to guys that were busy. They just want yeah. to put their money somewhere. Yeah. So I'm something like, well, hey, here's this deal. And I think you can improve it, raise the rents, and here's what the cash flow could be. So then as I started doing that, I started figuring out people needed management so i'm like okay i can manage the property for you so without you know as an entrepreneur right like we don't like really think of like how to do it we just do it and then figure it out as we go so i ended up building this property management company along the way and i figured out like after getting into that i just created myself another job i really you know property management's like the the low cost leader in real estate Cause you do all the work and you make very little money and people are just pissed at you all day because you know, you, the tenants are mad at you. The owner's mad because they didn't, you know, the charges or they didn't get enough rent, whatever. And right. I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm in the middle. Right. So I built this company and it was driving right. me crazy and it took all my time. I'm like running all over town, fielding all these phone calls, putting out fires. And I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere with this. Around the same time, I started to learn about what they call wholesaling real estate. And yep. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, okay. Yep. So I started learning about wholesale before it was like really popular. Nowadays, everyone's a wholesaler. But when I started, you know, I had to like explain to the title company what I was doing. And back then there wasn't a lot of information that you could find about it online. So I stumbled across some you know, information online. I've always been, you know, a believer in investing in myself and my education. So I bought the course, which then led me to another real estate education company that I invested in, and then I started learning about wholesaling. As I started learning about wholesaling, I started to take action in that. I started learning about direct marketing, direct mail, learning how to build SEO, learning pay per click, you right. know, learning right. about how to have conversations with motivated sellers. So the biggest thing for me was. You know, I could actually make profit on these transactions as opposed to, you know, buying or uh, representing a seller or a buyer in the transactions and earning a a fee. I was actually controlling the contract and being able to sell it and make 20, 30, 50, 60,000 on a deal without actually owning the property. So once I had the proof of concept, you know, the first wholesale I ever did, I made $26,000 and I said, wow, like how many escrows would I have needed to do to make 26,000? I did this in 20 days. And you know, I was like, immediately I was like, wow, how do I repeat this? So, you know, make a long story short, I then started to get into mastermind groups, learn how to scale that, learn how to hire people to like start taking some of the roles and responsibilities, building a business. And that's what I did. I started learning how to do that. And then I turned my wholesaling business into, you know, multiple seven figure revenue stream and have been doing that since. And that's really the short answer of it. Yeah. yeah
0: the, the story sure. lends to so many different angles. and But the, the overall arching theme is this to me, is that you kept just pressing in. And as you pressed in, you found maybe a better way to do it or a more efficient way to do it or whatever. You can categorize it however you choose, but you kept your eyes open and you kept it. And so what that, think the takeaway that I want to give to the listener there is just that it's not that you just started multiple businesses and you grew them all to seven figures is you started with one and you were growing it and you noticed that there was something else. And then along the way, you noticed that there was something else. And it's not this shiny object syndrome of noticing something else you were providing a real solution inside of what you were already doing or just doing whatever you were doing better. But I think it's just a super easy way to say it. I want to know inside, I mean, obviously big journey, lots of going on here, multiple companies today. Give me an example of a good decision that you made along that journey that has led you to today, something that we can duplicate as listeners.
1: Yeah, I think the answer to that question, which I get asked a lot was hiring a mentor. Uh, I paid a coach, right? That would give me another set of eyes Based on way more experience than I had, that he sure. could see things that I couldn't. And the very first thing that he told me, which made me super uncomfortable, was to sell my property management company. Mm. But I was like, man, like it's bringing me $7,000 a month. Like I'm holding on to this thing because it's revenue for me. He's like, it's right. holding you back. Yeah. You know, you're trading all your time for $7,000 a month. It's ridiculous. It's causing you all of this stress, all of this anxiety, and it's impeding your growth. And sure. it took me months to like process that, but he was right. I should have done it immediately. But for me, it was like, Oh, I got to keep building it. I got, I could do it. I could keep, you know, in, in the weeds. And he looked at it and in 20 minutes, he was like, you got to sell this thing immediately. It's holding you back. A lot of people have reservations on, hiring a mentor or a coach because like, oh, why would I spend money on something? Some, some well, that's the wrong word to say. It's actually, you should say, I need to invest because the information that this ind- individual will give me will potentially make me millions because there's nothing like being able to pay for mistakes that you could avoid. And yeah. had I not hired that individual, I could still be miserable at selling, in, growing a property management company and absolutely have missed you know, huge opportunities that I've been able to have.
0: So Yeah, no, 100%. I think that the shrinking of time, right? And that's what, he, that's what he did for you. He shrunk your timeline.
1: Yeah, time is the most important commodity. Like a lot of people need to understand that. It's not money. Time is the ultimate currency. We're in this game to take our time back. So, you know, the, the minute I was able to realize I don't want to trade all my time for dollars was a game changer. Now it's like, how do I trade my dollars for time? And that's, that was a big mindset shift.
0: hundred percent. This, you know, a conversation or topic usually comes up in my speed round, but we're going to go for it right now, since we're on it. Like the person that's listening right now, they're six figures. They have not done the million or more in one year, which is a little bit of a break point. Right. And so before that, I can remember thinking of things like what you're talking about, whether it's mentorship or a conference or just investing in myself at a high level to shrink the time or to gain skill sets, whatever the specific reason is for the investment. I was just so nervous to spend the money at that level twenty five hundred bucks, twenty five thousand bucks, forty thousand bucks. <laughs> I mean, I've I've you know across the gamut. I between the two of us, we probably spent a lot of money. But the reality of it is, is that we know the exchange so easily at this point. How, right. What can you drop on the listener right now? Who's thinking, ah, oh, I know I need to, but like, ah, oh, I'm so scared. Well, success leaves clues,
1: right? So if you're stuck and you see other people that are ahead of you, there's a reason that they're there. It's not because they're smarter than you or know more than, well, they might know more than you, but they're not smarter than you. And right. the minute that you remove yourself and move out of the way, and stop looking at money that you're holding on to it because you're, you think you're never going to get it back, right. and that's the wrong way to think. So invest that money with the expectation that you only need to learn one thing. You're one conversation away, one skill set away, one relationship away from completely changing your business. And I can say that because that's happened to me. I've seen it happen to so many other people, and it could be something very small. A lot of times, people are just looking for permission. They're looking, they have something in their mind that they feel like they should be doing, but they're talking to their significant other or their parents or old friends that have no idea where you're going. And they're like, that's crazy. man. like, why would you spend that money? Or yeah, yeah, that you don't need to do that. Or you should just be happy. You're doing great. But in the back of your mind, you know, like I could be doing so much more. And what if it, what if I just went in and spent $25,000 on a mastermind, or what if I just doubled my marketing to see what would happen? You know, and a lot of times people are just, they, they want to, but they're like, am I crazy? Or, you know, is this reckless or is this, you know, am I wrong? But you get into this room of other people and that guy says, yeah, man, you know, I, I just doubled my marketing. Guess what? My business doubled. Well, yep. go figure you're talking yeah. to more people you're getting more uh, at bats like it's not hard
0: you know not hard. but it's yeah. kind
1: of hard to yeah. take that step because you're like oh my gosh like what if i never get the money back well you know you're stuck because you're not taking the action
0: yeah no 100% i love it i and just can't keep the vein of the marketing idea i'm i come from a place where it's like if the dollar returns at least one back to me usually more than that but as long as it at least brings my one uh, let's more, like you, you put sure. more and you put more and you put more and you just keep putting more until it doesn't bring the dollar back.
1: And then um, you, you're getting like data, which is very important and crucial, right? Cause you're, now you I'm can saying. have something, you know, my friend says, give me data, not drama, you know, yeah, it, true. oh man, my business not working. Oh, everything sucks. Oh, the economy. Oh, we're just not. Okay. Well, what's the data look like? Like, let, let's look at the numbers not excuses. If you could give me numbers, then I could look like, okay, well, here's the problem. Like you're not getting enough leads or you're getting a lot of leads, but you're not closing deals. Well, your conversion sucks. Well, why? Well, maybe because you're not asking the right questions. Like there's just more things that you can work through when you have data, when you're just complaining, no one can
0: help you. Exactly. Yeah. You're not solution oriented. You're just talking about the problem, which is so interesting too, because that can be pretty well defined or identified, especially from someone like us who knows what that sounds like, and it's just like you don't actually, you don't actually want the solution. You just want to talk about it. Okay, yeah. so let's flip the coin here. Let's talk about something on the other end, Matt, where you have, you know, made a bad choice or something along the way. You lost some money. You made a bad, you know, decision in the business. Help, help us understand what to stay away from here.
1: Yeah. How long do we have? <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, Give us the details. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you no. Know, look, here's the thing. If someone tell me tells me they've never lost or They're, you know, they've got a perfect track record. I would say run away from that person because I think either A, they're lying or B, they're, they just aren't doing anything. They're talking more than they're doing. I think the more you get into business, the more your risk tolerance increases, you're going to take some L's and you know, it's not fun. Don't get me wrong. No one likes losing, but I think the biggest lessons come in those losses. And I think You can't get to the next level without taking some big learning lessons to go from a hundred thousand to 500,000 to a million to 5 million. There's different dynamics in there. You know, certainly it's a much bigger conversation or different conversation, the the higher you go and you have to, you know, put yourself out there more. And, you know, when you start making more money, you could get a little cocky, right? You you think you could take more risks. You know, I believe some of the mistakes that I made were just believing that everything will work out. Sometimes <laughs> that's a good ad- attitude to have, yep. but you got to look at the worst case scenario sometimes because those are likely, you know, and, yeah. and the more aggressive you get, right? And yep and not looking at the details. You know, I think people learn from mistakes more than anything. I really believe that. This has been hard for me, dude. Like I was just thinking about it. I posted on my Instagram. I'm like, if you guys want to talk real, There's a lot of people out there right now that have looked really good over the last couple of years because of all the helicopter money, all of the money that just came through PPP, through EIDL, through, you know, this COVID relief fund. So people didn't have to work, right? You know, crypto was going crazy. The stocks were going crazy. People were making money through NFTs, you know, and it made the average person look like geniuses. Well, that's stopping and it's going to probably get even more difficult. And, you know, I've made a lot of money, but I've lost the most money I've ever had just this year. A lot of it was unfortunate, and some of it was just stupidity Sure, because I got a little too cocky, and I didn't do my due diligence, right? And so it's painful, but if I want to go to where I want to go, I think it's required.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing. I would love to know some detail there, whether it's you know what you've lost this year, or like how you lost it, or if there was a scenario before where you said that you know there's decisions along the way that you know where I don't know it's just been it been difficult. I'd love to hear yeah. a specific scenario.
1: Well, I'm down. I've made. Let's see. So I've made uh, about one point three million dollars right now. I'm down, and these are just in a few investments across sure. the board. I wouldn't say it's gone, but I'm down right now. I'm not getting a return on it. Some of yeah. it's gone for sure. You know, I guess the lesson inside that is as you kind of like your circle, we talk about our circle. And yeah. if you're around high achievers, like guys like us, we're always talking about like what's next, like where we're making money and where things are, you know, moving right now, like money's attracted sure. to speed. So right now, the hot topic amongst my friends and the people I associate with is like, dude, we're killing it in Forex, right? We're making money in foreign exchange right now. And uh, it's, you know, it sounds really good. And I ended up not doing my own due diligence and going away from the group and trying to do it Mm -hmm. myself through someone else. And it turned out that I sent the money to a, basically a scam. It's like an overseas brokerage that I probably more than likely am not getting my money back and I'm getting the runaround. I sent it via crypto, which is almost, you know, very hard to trace. Yeah. So, you know, that yep. was a dumb move. Had I just like stopped, yeah. thought about it, like, okay, a second, like, can I just take it one step further, do a little bit more due diligence and, you know, when you're, and I'm winning, right? I'm like, I'm making money. And I'm like, dude, how do I right. pile more here? Thank God I didn't. Cause right. you know, it could have got really ugly, but you know, that's just a lesson, like where you're moving at a fast pace yep. and you're just not as careful as you would have been back in the day. Right. Where you're like, yep. oh my gosh, like let me just check every eye. Let me dot, you know, let me check every box. Like I want to make sure this is legit instead of like, right. okay, here's hundred G's like, let's make it, let's yeah. let it roll.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, and exactly. That was
1: the thing. I want to pull uh, out
0: a couple of things here for the listener, just because you've just been obviously incredibly vulnerable, but I want to use it here. Uh, First off for the listener, I want you to hear what he said there. He very casually said he's lost seven figures and that maybe he gets some of it back, but that, you know, some of it's probably gone. And so you're listening to somebody who not only has, who has done seven figures in revenue, but has lost seven figures. And I haven't incorporated this into the show yet, but I think you really find the real seven figure guy when the guy's lost seven figures, you know, because it's interesting on the back end when you lose it, I can attest to that. And so, you know, the scenario that you just gave in so many different angles made it real. Even though it's seven figures, it's like, okay, I pointed that out so that they would continue to listen to you, give you some authority here. But then the second piece is, dude, we all make little blips. Like as simple as that sounds, I mean, we've all gotten the 4X DM on social media. I mean, come on. But to your point, you had a connection. You thought it was legit. Like, you should have crossed it a little bit harder, but you didn't. And okay, it's not going to be the last time you lose 100 grand. Let's just say that. In fact, I would venture to say you would agree. Let me know if you disagree. But that you would want next time you'd have so much more income that, oh, oops, I lost a million. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? And- yeah. Because it's yeah, all perspective. No, it, it is.
1: And uh, it's kind of funny too, because the people that I, the guys that I roll with, like all of us have been ripped off. All of us have been scammed, but it doesn't stop us because we're good people. Like we want to help. We want to grow. And that just happens when you're moving fast and you're in growth mode and you're looking at deals and, you know, you just, it's just your nature. Like we, we just are constantly moving. And one of my best friends, man, like he's a very successful guy. I. I mean, I can't believe how much he's been ripped off. Like, I'm like, dude, stop, Like, stop (laughs) helping people. But it doesn't, he's like, I don't want uh, other people's mistakes to ruin, you know, my outlook on life and my giving muscle. And he always says, you can't outgive the world. Like we just raised half a million dollars for Operation Underground Railroad, which is a uh, nonprofit that helps sex trafficking children get off the streets and end sex trafficking, which is a huge deal. And yeah. we raised half a million dollars at, a, at an event in 30 minutes. Like that, those are the type of people that I want to roll with because they're A, they're givers and they're forward thinkers and money yeah. is not their God. Like we make a lot of money, but we also know that our money is a tool that could help others yeah. as well. And so, yeah, it sucks, dude. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like... Feeling good about it. Like it, you know, I've been, you know, it messes with you. But for me, it's like, I have no other choice. Like I got to go out and make that back plus more. And I really believe that, like, those are the biggest um, learning lessons when you take losses. Cause like it's easy yep. to be on top of the hill, it's easy to be winning and winning. Yep. Cause then you think, yep. like, you get cocky. You think, man, this is going to happen forever. I'm the best. But yep. if you don't know yep. how to deal with a setback or adversity, then you're have a you going to have a hard time in entrepreneurial business. Yeah. It's made of setbacks. You know. Yeah,
0: it's two steps forward, one step back. And I think there's a lot of people who try to smooth it out. I think everybody would like a smoother road. But what you're saying is that by the time you got to where you were hoping to go, you wouldn't have the character. You wouldn't have the decision-making abilities. You wouldn't have all these things if, he, if there's not any bumps. So, so take hold of the bumps. I, I think probably the biggest thing that I heard you say in that last little section was, that not only take hold of the bumps, but of course, learn from it. You've said it a hundred times already in the show, but learn. And then so that you can keep going it. Oh, okay. I lost money. The guys that you're running with lost money, you lost money, but we're still going. It's like, okay, I learned my lesson and then I still go. And I think that last little piece of you're still going is the caveat because I think there's a lot of people even listening today, potentially who are saying, you know, oh, I lost money in crypto, or I lost money in real estate, or I lost money in my first business, or I sent some Egyptian king of, you know, (laughs) something. I don't know. The reality is that we've made these decisions, and it's going to either stop you, or it's going to just go, well, probably shouldn't do that again. And then you got to go again. You got to try again.
1: Yep. Yep. We have no plan B, right? Like, we don't, there's no paycheck on Friday for me unless I, (laughs) I close the deal or I, that's right. you know, make a business happen, you know, something like, I should rather say just by showing up, I don't get paid. Right. I've got to, yeah. I've got to make it happen. And so I've, I've been so used to that. It's like, well, you know, that was dumb, but I have to do what I have to do. And the only thing I know how to do is keep moving forward. Like I have kids, I have a family of, you know, responsibility. So, you know, it, I don't have a plan B, right. So I burned the boat a long time ago.
0: That's right. That's know? right. You got to press forward that the family is not only depending on you, but they're worth it. I love actually where I've connected with certain people and I'm writing a thank you note or I'm this or I'm that, but we've specifically talked about legacy or family, especially guys that have kids. And just that last little piece of encouragement, which is your family's worth it. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, that to me, every time I hear it, every time I write it, every time I see someone else talking about it, it's like, they are, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Do so I do, do. yes, yes. Oh, okay,
1: cool. right. Yeah, I mean, another thing that I heard is like, you know, they're watching. Right. So like my kid, Mm -hmm. my boys are nine and seven and they're like sponges. Right. So you'd be surprised how much they pick up. And, you know, I heard something a long time ago that like stuck with me, but it's like, I never want my kids to tell me, you know, when they're a little bit older and I tell them like, son, you could do whatever you want. Like you're capable of anything you put, you set your mind to the worst thing I think my kid could say is like, yeah, but dad, why didn't you, Mm -hmm. you know, why didn't you? So that like, I was like, wow, like that's a very impactful statement. So I don't ever want my kids to think I'm just a talker. Like I want them to say like dad was a doer and he encouraged us. And by seeing him do and tell us we could do it, like it gave us all the confidence in the world because it's easy to talk, but they're watching you. And of course I've made mistakes. Like I'm not, obviously no one's perfect, but I could be a better father and that's really on top of my list. Like, I want to make sure I'm more present with them because when we get into this stuff, and like when I figure out, like, I just got my ass kicked, like, you go internal sometimes, and yep. you know, you, you just want to go in your office and curl up in a ball, and you know, <laughs> like, and they want to play, they want to have fun. And sometimes I'm just like, you know, I, I can't do it right now, but yep. we're not going to get those times back. And another thing that I want to share that I heard was, you know, you could be the baddest, this man, you could be making all this money, but it's not going to mean shit. If your home life is a wreck. Yeah. So, you know, don't trade all of your time for business to make it at the expense of your family. Cause there's always a trade-off, Oh yeah. you know, yeah. you know, there's, there's just remember that like whatever yeah. you're deciding to go after something else is going to suffer. So yeah, I would 100%. say, you know, you got to think of those things.
0: Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Then, you know, the names that I think about in business, you know, your Rockefellers and your JP Morgans, even as current as a Trump, right? Like think of those names will be remembered for a very long time from a business perspective, but mm-hmm. they will be remembered much longer inside their family. Absolutely. And so, you know, even from that, from the pinnacle of, you know, freaking Carnegie and Rockefeller, you know, I, I, even if their family is going to remember them more than we are in their from their business exploits, how much more are our family, our children, grandchildren, whatever it is, the people that we support through churches or ministry is going to remember our name. So I think you're uh, right.
1: Yeah. No one's going to say, damn, I wish Chaz would have done one more deal before he died. You right. know? I wish he would have made a million dollars. No. There, yeah. Wow. He gave back so much. He was there for me. He, he encouraged me when I was down. He supported me when I needed help. He was always able to lift me up. You know, he had a great attitude. He was a great father, a great husband. Like those are, that's what sets your legacy, not how much money you make. All of those things are, you know, they're important, but they're not everything. Yep.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I want to ask you one quick question here before we go to the speed round. Is there a formula or a process that you follow now regarding decisions? We've kind of talked about some good and bad. You talked about, you yeah. know, something that you feel a little bit silly about. What process do you put decisions through? What disciplines do you have around decision?
1: I'm very undisciplined to be honest. Like I'm the ready, fire, aim guy. Yeah. Yep. And I've just done that my whole life. I will figure stuff out as I go. I've never actually sat down and this is going to sound crazy, but it's just the truth. Like I've never set out a schedule. I've never sat down and like put goals down. Like I just figure out like what I want to do and I go. For example, like crypto, right? Like I bought crypto in 2017. Yeah. I didn't understand what I bought. I panicked, sold it. I didn't think about it again. Right. And two years ago, again, through my network, starting to talk about crypto, I just decided at that point, I want to learn about crypto. So I just dove head in. I started investing into it. When my mind says, I want that, like I just go. And that turns into like crazy research. I spent, I get obsessed hours yeah. on YouTube, Twitter, learning everything I could about. And then I take it to an extreme level and I write a book about it. I just released my book on crypto. It's my second book that I wrote. It actually turned into a bestseller on Amazon. We were a couple notches above Robert Kiyosaki, which is cool. Yeah. So so that's how I work, right? Like I didn't I woke up that day. I didn't know that I would want to learn about crypto again, but the opportunity presented itself. I learned like a few bullet point ideas. I saw the potential and I'm like, okay, I want that. And then I
0: went. Yeah. And I and, love it. Yeah, it fits right into your ready, fire, aim trajectory that you told me.
1: Yeah. You know, man, I've done that my whole life. Like when I learned about wholesaling, I want that. Yeah. Like, good. You know, I get presented opportunities. Okay. Do I have the money right now? Yeah, I could probably do it. All right, go for better or for worse. It's worked out to this point minus a few mistakes, which, you know, I would love to have back, but again, I'll get better from those learning lessons. And, you know, 100%. I moved my family across the country two years ago from California to Florida on basically a conversation with my wife. She's like, we got to go. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, we got to go we said that in March of 2020. And we were in Florida, June 1st. Wow. Of the same year.
0: You want to Across talk about good, great timing.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, all of that had to, something to do with it, but like most people I think would be like, we got to plan this out. We got to really map it out. It's probably going to take us six to 12 months minimum to make this move. And we just like, we're in it. And that's just wow. how I run. I, yeah. And I don't know if that doesn't work for everybody. I totally get it. It's not practical. It's probably not normal, but that's just how I've been.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Can relate to a lot of those points. All right. First question in the speed round is this. If you could dwindle all of your businesses down to one metric to track forever and ever, you can only track the one, what would it be? Revenue. Okay. And why?
1: I mean, that's the lifeblood of your business. So if you have revenue, you can solve problems. If you don't have revenue, you can't solve problems.
0: Right. Nothing to work with. Okay. Number two is what book would you recommend that a six figure business owner read trying to scale to seven?
1: That's a great question. But if for business only, I think it's all mental in business. So a great book that would impact someone is psycho cybernetics.
0: Great book. And you're right. A lot of six to seven is just mindset. 100%. Getting, out, getting out of your own way. Okay. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? You've kind of already answered this, but give me your full answer.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I've built my business on relationships.
0: What do relationships mean to you? Cause I know even at this point you're hosting certain groups, as you've mentioned. So you've been a part of groups as a participant and then now also as a facilitator, what is the value of the relationship to you?
1: Well, first of all, it's you're. it's like meeting someone that you have a lot of common interests with, right? It's easy to relate to those people because you share the same story in a sense. Everybody that is in the entrepreneurial world for the most part has a story. They have a struggle, they have a come up, they have success, and then they have similar setbacks and challenges. So there's just an, a, an easy bond um, that when you put the collection of those like-minded people together, it's easy. And then you, could, you can then collaborate and grow with and get ideas from and go on new journeys with so you know if you walk into a bar randomly and, you know finding a, someone that has the same type of mindset and commonalities is that was one thing that i learned is like not a lot of people think like us like entrepreneurs right. like we are yep. the minority but when you're around it all the time you just think like well everybody's like that well no like if you step out of your normal circle and go out to the real world like we are crazy <laughs> you know like we're very different mm-hmm. And so when you can find a collection of the same mindset, it's valuable. It's like a team. Yeah. It's
0: your team. It, yeah, it's your tribe. hundred percent. It's funny. I spoke at an event this past weekend and there were other entrepreneurs there. It was a financial literacy kind of a, an event for young folks. And it's interesting, even amongst the speakers, I was the crazy one. Which I was like, hey, that's fine. Not a big deal. I'll take it to the bank yeah. every single time. So no big deal. For sure. uh, so Matt, <clears throat> I got one last question here for you. You know, if there was no more crypto, all your businesses, if everything was taken away, you lost it all, what would you do?
1: Could I go back to my relationships? Of course. Yeah. Another thing that I would learn from my mentors, it's called the relationship capital. Meaning, you know, building that relationship capital means you're not a taker, you're out there trying to serve and help and be of service for people. And it's not, just, it's not just money, but like, as a friend or, you know, offering your time or supporting them I hate it when people have friends, but want the homie hookup or the friend discount, like so we should be supporting our friends and their business. I never want to ask someone for a discount because I know them like you should be paying full price, you know, for whatever they've got going on. And so I always try to support my 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 friends and my associates however I can. And I'm building that relationship capital. So, you know, if in event that that does come, like I know that I could probably call, you know, five to seven people right now. And without any question, they probably send me, you know, one hundred thousand dollars each right. because I built that relationship capital with them and they know my character. They know who I am. And then know that if I'm calling them, I'm probably in a pretty bad situation and I just need some help to get me back on my feet and they would know that I would pay them back. 100%. And you can't do that, you know, when you need the money and you haven't built relationship capital, you know, you haven't developed that, taken that time and that effort and to, right. it takes years, right? It's not something that I can say yes. like, oh yeah, like, you know, I could do that now and I haven't built that. So right. Did your well before you are thirsty is a great piece of advice. I would tell your listeners start building relationship capital, always do the right thing, you know, be there when people need it and don't expect things in return and support them. And eventually if that time comes that you need help, you've built a lot of capital up to then tap into.
0: hundred percent. I love the analogy there of capital. The only thing different, like you said, wouldn't be just like, I'm not just going to go raise capital one time. With, with relationships, it's built over time. It's built over history and it's yep. built over multiple decisions being made inside that relationship. And usually it starts with one person just going after it and just being steady, offering value, and uh, ideally the other person uh, reciprocates. But yeah, 100% love it. Okay. So how can the listener connect with you today, Matt? I mean, whether it's uh, whether it's they want to learn about crypto, they want to get in one of your investing groups, how can they connect with you? Sure. So
1: the easiest thing, if you want, if you want to learn about crypto, I, I mentioned my book. You can find it at hex, H-E-X The book is free. All you have to do is pay the shipping cost. So that's an easy way to get into my circle. I have a coaching group inside the crypto space. If that's something of interest, you can reach me there. I'm on social. Instagram is phenominvestor2.0. And I have to say, like, I have tons of fake accounts, unfortunately, because I'm talking about crypto and the scammers love to, you know, create fake profiles and ask for money. I'll never do that. So it's Phenom Investor 2.0. And I'm on Instagram. I'm posting daily. Uh, TikTok is Phenom Investor. YouTube is Matt Garabedian. Yeah, I mean, those are the really the easiest ways. So again, if you want the free book, hexphenom.com
0: dude. I love it. I love the value. Thank you for sharing, especially you know about your loss, man. It's just a blip in the road as you already described, but I just appreciate your vulnerability. It made you very real here today. And I think more than anything, the listener can walk away going that they can do it too. And so I appreciate you giving them that gift, man. We wish you absolutely nothing but success. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply, and we will see you on the other side.